Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. In the name of Jesus Christ, may this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, phobia, depression, destruction, stagnancy, ignorance, all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to guide it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. You may be seated. Allow me to pass on a wholehearted uh, greeting from our Father, our Pastor, to all the saints that are in the Church of Christ who are part of the narrow gate and have the virtue of the narrow gate in their heart. He is absent uh, in the with the body, but he's present in the spirit. For those who are not aware, I will make a, a small statement before we begin the sermon. A little bit, uh, some time ago, uh, Thursday of this week, he felt a little bit weak, and his left arm began to get weaker. And they went to a doctor, but because they went uh, to the beach with our guests, with our visitors, they were having fellowship, and there was no hospital. There was a small little clinic, but they did receive him. They told him, you need to go to a doctor immediately, because when you feel like this and weakness in the left arm, that means you need to immediately go to a hospital. And uh, some time had passed before they finally arrived here in our city where there's a hospital in Portland. Uh, enough time had passed and he is in the hospital. My spouse was there today, my, uh, the children, were, his children were there and they say that he is healthy and they were sitting and talking about the Word of God. The doctors are just saying that when he speaks about the Word of God, his pressure uh, rises up. Uh, a person is in such a position that uh, his blood pressure and so when you begin talking to him uh, for about these things for some reason his blood pressure rises and so every time we talked about the Word of God he experienced he was sh sharing it, shared the revelations we will read about today in, in, in the sermon And so they check the, his blood pressure so there's no other uh, symptoms or maybe 
and so he's been uh, recommended to go through a process of rehabilitation so that everything is uh, stabilized. They know he's the pastor of, uh, of, a, of a church and that there's a great responsibility upon his shoulders. This is not just day and night to work with the Word of God, to pass it on to us, to the leaders, to the saints, so that we continue in the Word of God. This is also to work with people, people with lot, who have a lot of problems, people who have uh, small problems, big problems, confessions that are not just in this church, uh, but all regions as well, uh, all over the face of the world. And our uh, sister churches, uh, those that are a part of us but are not uh, here in this city. And so they all want to talk to him, of course, and uh, confess and have questions. And also other people, even in this city, who turn to him for help, for for, for suggestions, uh, because they can't find answers in the, in the church in which they're in. And so there's a lot of pressure upon this person, they say. He needs to... Uh, go through a full rehabilitation process and uh, stabilize himself. And so they can't release him uh, with uh, because of the symptoms that he has. Um, so we need to watch only after his blood pressure at this time, is what they're saying. So Pastor asked that we continue to remain in the Word of God, the preached Word of God, and so today's Friday. And so I asked him, should I just preach the things that I usually pr- uh, preach uh, or pass on on Tuesdays? But he says, no, the revelations have already progressed, and I want you to pass on the ones that I've already received. And he gave uh, me the sermon that he was supposed to pass on to us today and the one on Sunday. And he says, I have a lot more prepared, and you will continue to go through these while I'm not present, you could take the word and con- and abide uh, in this word. So I will be reading the sermon that pastor was supposed to pass on to us today. Uh, pastor said, no, take my sermon and uh, with reverence and thanksgiving, uh, present the sermon. And so that we make sure we write them clearly upon the tablets of our heart. And the next Sunday, we're supposed to have communion if pastor won't be here if pastor won't be here we will just look from the archives his uh, sermon where he uh, where, where he calls uh, where he calls us to prayer uh, for repentance for prayer for uh, for and so I also take part in that and so the service that will be next Sunday with the communion. This will be the sermon of Apostle Arkady with his prayer, and we will then, of course, uh, commence and do the, the, the communion service. And if you have questions, then I want you to please be understanding the land of Israel needs to uh, celebrate its Passover feasts. Uh, feasts so that God can restore Jerusalem, restore the stronghold of life in every bo- the body of every holy person, his land his, needs to celebrate its, fe- its Sabbaths and 
he can't restore this Jerusalem, the stronghold of life, until he sees that all of the Sabbaths have been uh, celebrated within his body. So let us be understanding to our apostle, considerate, and the doctors are very, very strict about uh, him, his uh, blood pressure rising, and so uh, we need to keep that in mind. So if you do have questions, you can either come to me. The difference between me and uh, Pastor Arkady is the answers that I don't know. I will ask him for those answers. And so you'll need to wait. Uh, some answers you may receive immediately. If he's here, you can ask him, but please uh, be considerate. Um, let us value one another. When they found out the pressure that's upon this individual, this person, uh, typically people can't bear that kind of responsibility. How is it he, he, he is able to bear that? How can people give themselves this much? And so we need to create the right atmosphere for his rehabilitation, and the sooner he can rehabilitate, the sooner we will see him. And so we will be reading his his sermon, the sermon that he was supposed to read and pass on to us today. I trust you won't feel any um, insufficiency. You will you will get what you need. We will pray and we will bless our apostle so that we see him as soon as uh, we can. The sooner as soon as we can see him. The epigraph of our study of the Word of God, which is in Jesus Christ, is written in the book of Luke 24, 44. So, Jesus said to his disciples, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. And so that we, as the participants of the body of Christ, <clears throat> to share with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about Him in Scripture, we will continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth in our heart, what we need to do from our side so that we can receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new self created by God in true righteousness and holiness, Ephesians 4, 22-24. To fulfill this decree and commandment written in the book of Ephesians, we need to put three destiny-impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice, and these are put off, be renewed, and put on. Fulfilling these three destiny-impacting, commanding, and fundamental requirements will determine whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath, or, or more specifically, will our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a seed, identifying the security deposit of our justification in the given to us salvation, where we need to turn the three above-mentioned acts into profit within the death of our Lord Jesus, so that our salvation can become our possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. Otherwise, we will forever lose the justification that is given to us in the format of a deposit which is why our names, which were written in the Book of Life when we made a covenant with God in the format of the given-to-us guarantee, will forever be blotted out of the Book of Life. 
in a specific format. We already looked at the process contained in the first two requirements and stopped to study the process of the third requirement and specifically what conditions we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we can begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of the glory of our new person who is created according to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. Relevant to this, we stop to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David where the Holy Spirit, with the wisdom and authority that He alone has, reveals the demands according to which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon or God Most High. And this condition consists in us calling upon the Most High as to our God and proclaiming the faith of our heart when we are in the circumstances of our tight situation, casting off the old man. We call upon him stating who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, who we are to God in Jesus Christ, and what do we need to do so that we can inherit all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ. We note that the given allegory is one of the most powerful and voluminous examples demonstrating the collaboration of our renewed mind as King David and the name of God Most High and their violent conflict with our carnal mind in the form of King Saul and also with governing sin who is our old person with his deeds. In its character, the prayer psalm of David contains three parts where we see demonstrated an example of the character of our legitimate prayer belonging to us as kings, priests, and prophets. The first part identifies the state of the heart of David as a warrior in prayer, which is the required basis for the legitimate status of his prayer belonging to kings, priests, and prophets. And so the state of the heart in prayer, this is the state David needed to demonstrate as the altar, the motives of the heart. All begins with the altar. Second part opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer itself, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets, which gives God the proper basis to deliver us in the image of David from the hands of all of his, of all of his enemies. And so here we see our offering, our prayer itself, which is brought upon the altar. Third part illustrates the prayer battle itself in an epic way, which is beyond the limitations of the typical human mind of man. In a specific format, we already looked at the first part and stopped to look at the second part, which opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High. Getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David consisting of the eight names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so that he can be saved from his enemies and God getting to know and confessing the truth that opens the power of his names within the heart of David provided God with the legitimate basis to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names in battle against the enemies of David. And so why did David put the names of God in his heart so he not just to overcome the enemy but first to bless God, thank God, you are my uh, strength, you are my my rock and my refuge. And so when he, he, when he hears this faith of our heart, he will then be able to use the power that is in his names, including the name Horn in this case, uh, to, to battle against our enemies. 
and he will be able to do so also to the very ends of the world. We need to utilize the name of the Lord. Psalm 18, 1 through 4. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Let us proclaim these eight names of God together. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. And Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear these words and may he make us worthy of these confessions and may he confirm all of this in our heart, make us uh, immovable and stable in our hope. These are the words that our apostle, with which our apostle blesses us continuously. These, this is not just a habit to proclaim these. It's not just a habit. This is our life. Every time we proclaim, we proclaim something new. God's potential, God's power, God's might. A habit is to come to church, but we come with inspiration so that we can receive something new. And so when we confess God's names, there is God's uh, God's masterpiece. This is where the Lord begins to show himself. As much as the Lord has allowed and according to the measure of our faith, we already studied our inherited lot in Jesus Christ in the power of six names of God, and these are strength, rock, fortress, deliverer, living rock, and living shield. And we stop to study our unsearchable inherited lot in Jesus Christ in the name of God, the horn of our salvation. Getting to know the eight names of God which identify God's covenant with us is a strategic teaching as well as a tactical teaching which is purposed to be the calling of every warrior in prayer which they are called to be clothed into as a mantle and as a holy garment for kings, priests, and prophets who are anointed by the Holy Spirit to rule over their earthly body. If a person who is born from God has not accepted the given to him anointing to rule over his calling, which is his mortal body, in the status of a king, a priest, and a prophet, so that he can change it into a heavenly body, then the revelation about God, consisting of his glorious name, Horn, that is purposed for worshiping God in spirit and in truth, will not benefit him in any way, because due to his stiff neck, he has refused the given to him by God calling to save his soul, to then by the means of his saved soul to adopt his body by the truth that is contained in the redemption of Christ. I've noted for myself the next words that we as kings and priests, as warrior in prayer, warriors in prayer, he gave us anointing and this anointing is to uh, open up our calling to this is to adopt our, our our body. Our spirit is saved. Our soul is being saved. Why is my soul not saved? Because we have an inherited character passed on from our parents. Some may say, well, I have a good character. Uh, but as soon as something happens, 
you already have uh, problems with your spouse uh, uh, or with others. That means you, you need to save our soul. And if you may appear attractive and kind to others, but a husband knows a wife, a wife knows her husband, children know their parents, there are people who know us, who we, what we're really like with all of our weaknesses. And so we need to save our souls and adopt our mortal bodies so that they can be clothed into immortality. Here, the scriptures say, if a person does not have a proper understanding of his calling, then he does not need to utilize the name of God, Horn. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. But you need to first know what your calling is. Is it to bring people to repentance? That's the not the right calling. This is only for those who know their true calling. <clears throat> the enthroning of the resurrection of Christ in our body, the erection of it. Therefore, the quality and lexicon which we will be studying, identifying the name of God containing the function of the horn of our salvation, as with the previous names of God Most High, are not able to be found in any dictionary of the world. Considering the fact that in Scripture the symbol of the name of God horn, presenting the symbol and standard of His might, which contains eternal, non-diminishing potential of non-exhaustive and countless abilities and powers of God, that is, in the name of God, Rock, Lord, you are the rock of my salvation. There is the eternal, non-diminishing potential of non-exhaustive and countless abilities and powers of God. Of course, I am interested in using this might for uh, and have it on my side so I can be rid of all the enemies that are within the boundaries of my body, within the boundaries of the church, and within the boundaries that we carry responsibility for. Considering the fact that in Scripture the symbol of the name of God Horn, presenting the symbol and standard of His might, which contains, as we say, eternal, non-diminishing potential of the non-exhaustive and countless abilities and powers of God, with which He created the heavens and the earth and all that is in it, including mankind, with which He keeps and watches over this world for judgment at the great white throne, I will remind us of a brief list of characteristics every time I say I, me, you don't need to think, uh, don't, don't, I'm not claiming it for me. I'm reading the direct uh, words that Pastor put in his notes. And so when I say I, uh, please uh, understand this is Apostle Arkady. I remind us of a brief list of characteristics which identified the virtue of God in his name, Horn, found in Scripture. The mighty power and authority of God in his glorious name, Horn, has these identifications. Horn is the sacral work that is being done in the temple of our body. It is the non-diminishing, unsearchable nature of the power of God in His strength. It is the eternal and unquestionable power of God over the living and dead. It is the power of the might of God to keep those that are condemned to death. The power of the might of God showing that death is unavoidable. The power of the might of God to perform judgment and righteousness by His servants. The power of the might of God to demonstrate His wrath over the vessels of wrath and His mercy over the vessels of mercy.
the power of the might of God to sow and gather what has been sown, the power of the might of God to split and to separate, the power of the might of God to destroy and to construct, the power of God to restore what is destroyed, the power of the might of God to blot out the sins of his nation, the power of the might of God to perform signs and miracles, and the power of the might of God to blot out the names of sinners from the book of life. This is what the name of God Horn means. This, these are the abilities, the power that it has. We need to consider that the list of the mighty works of God and His glorious name Horn concealed in the non-diminishing, non-exhaustive, and unsearchable works of God accomplished by Him using the mouth of His holy men that are led by the Holy Spirit who have paid the required price for the absolute and sought-after dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And so those people that are led by the Holy Spirit or worship in spirit and in truth or those who have truth, the truth in their spirit. <clears throat> These are people who are led by the Holy Spirit. These are those that are able to come to God's uh, and, and use the, the powers contained in the name of God Horn. The functions that are contained in the power of the name of God Horn as all the previous names of God first make themselves known in the collaboration of our faith with the faith of God that are imprinted and abide within our heart and consist in the covenant of blood, covenant of salt, and covenant of peace that are made between us and God in the baptism of water, Holy Spirit, and fire. In scripture, the name of God in the functioning meaning horn is used as a symbol of might and strength, which is military weaponry or armor for those who have who have the rank of warriors in prayer. And as warriors in prayer, we are called to clothe ourselves into the given function of might so that we can successfully resist the organized powers of darkness who resist us or get in our way of fulfilling the will of God, both within our body as well as out of our body. As it is written here, Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Here, the Apostle offers that the church of, of Ephesus uh, come and be strengthened with His name of God, Horn. A short phrase, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. That is, how to utilize the name of God you are Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. In scripture, the symbol of the horn of an animal that grows from him symbolizes one of the unique names of God that in the form of the preached to us seed of the word about the kingdom of heaven within our body contains the eternal, non-diminishing, and unsearchable potential of the might of God in his name, Horn. <clears throat> it is necessary for us to study under what circumstances and fulfilling what conditions are we called to collaborate our faith with the name of God Horn to destroy within our body the stronghold of death and in its place erect the stronghold of eternal life, identifying the kingdom of heaven within our body? And to study this great and good goal being the greatest and unchanging will of God in the form of our firstmost or primary purpose and our primary calling it is necessary for us to answer four classical questions. In what works, signs, and symbols do we see demonstrated the characteristics and qualities that the scriptures ascribe the virtue of God in the functioning meaning of his name, Horn? What functions in our relationship with God are the qualities contained in the name of God, Horn, called to fulfill? 
Third, what conditions do we need to fulfill so that we can provide God with legitimate grounds upon which to show Himself in the accomplishment of our salvation in His, in the function of His name, who is our horn, and by what signs to examine ourselves as to whether God ab- uh, abides within our heart in the function of His name, horn, and that we are clothed into the virtue of His name, horn. In a specific format, according to the measure of our faith, we already studied the first question in eight of its components, therefore we will immediately turn and study question two. What functions in our relationship with God are the qualities contained? <clears throat> we are studying this second question that Apostle Arkady is, uh, has uh, been going through with us. What functions in our relationship with God are the qualities contained in the name of God Horn called to fulfill? What functions, what purpose, why do we need the name of God Horn? The reason that the function of the mighty power of God consisting in the abilities of the various uh, functions of His name Horn, it has a pretty much a destructive and constructive uh, power of pure oil which demonstrates itself in the breath of our lips, clothed into the virtue of kings, priests, and prophets, called to blow into the horn of Jubilee. The sound of this horn signifies the start of the feast of the Lord and the beginning and end of the waging of the wars of the Lord, both within our body as well as out of our body. You see what kind of functions uh, are contained in this name, or the, the... purpose of it. We see the mighty work of the truth of the Word of God that has a destructive and constructive potential of the blood of the cross of Christ that together with the anointing power of the Holy Spirit uh, by the confessions of our, our lips using the name of God Horn pretty much starts and ends all the wars of the Lord, the waging of the wars of the Lord and is the beginning of the of the feasts of the Lord. <clears throat> we stop to study the first function and the purpose of the mighty power of God within our heart in the virtue of the name of God Horn. It is called uh, to cleanse us from this function is called to cleanse us from inherited sin by the means of applying the blood of the cross of Christ upon the horns of the bronze altar into which we have built ourselves so that we can dedicate ourselves to the Lord as priests. And so, in what way does the Lord cleanse us from inherited sin, which we have inherited from our fathers? It is necessary for us to use the purpose of the name of God, Horn, and how do we use it? We need to, as priests, we need to apply the, uh, the blood upon the four horns uh, so that we can then have access to the golden altar and then also apply blood upon those four horns. This will allow God to be able to use the power uh, that is in His might, the might of His word. We have noted that the collaboration of our horn in the fruit of our spirit with the mighty power of God in His name, horn, 
is only possible when we depart from spiritual infancy in the form of our nation, the house of our father, and our fleshly life so that we can build ourselves into a spiritual house, and a, into a holy priesthood, or into the temple of the Holy Spirit with all of its accessories. We are not able to use the power of the name of God, Horn, if God does not see the, the power of the name of God, Horn, in our spirit, the fruit of our spirit, is our horn that the horn of God uses the might and and strength of 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 God's horn uses our horn and so God has allowed the horn of Israel to grow into the full measure of growth in Christ and Christ did not use one of his uh, forms of might until he, as a king, priest, and prophet, grew his own horn inside of himself, which is the fruit of his spirit. And as soon as he grew this horn in his spirit, he immediately went out to uh, serve and began to work with the strength and might of God. If we can't grow this horn in the form of the fruit of our spirit, uh, then we will not be able to uh, collaborate with the name of God horn with all of its uh, power so that we satisfy the requirements of the altar of burnt offering made of acacia wood overlaid with bronze from which four horns proceed and the requirements of the altar of burnt incense made of acacia wood overlaid with pure gold from which come four horns as well which in function and cooperation with one another will represent the fruit of our spirit in the fruit of righteousness and because of the cooperation of one with the other one of the altars with the other they will complete one the other and confirm the truthful essence of one the other if there's no altar or if there's an altar made of acacia wood overlaid with bronze and another made of acacia wood overlaid with gold each having four horns you need to uh, first uh, apply this blood upon the bronze altar and then you get access to the altar of gold uh, that also has power but has different functions and you need to get to it which in function and cooperation with one another will represent the fruit of our spirit the fruit of righteousness and because of the cooperation of one with the other one altar with the other they will complete one the other and confirm the truthful essence of one the other because cleansing with the blood of the sacrifice which was done over the horns of the bronze altar burnt offering dedicated us as priests to God in the virtue of warriors and prayer. This is called to present the mighty power of God in the grown by us fruit of righteousness in the Eden of our heart where we died for our nation, the house of our father and for governing sin living within our body in the form of the old person with his deeds. At the same time, the function of applying the blood of the sacrifice upon the horns of the golden altar will testify before God that we now live for the one who died for us and resurrected. In other words, uh, our pastor shows the collaboration, the cooperation between the two altars, and there are differences between them when the priest would take the blood and would apply it upon the four, four horns of the bronze altar Doing this, he demonstrated that I died for the house of my father, for my nation, and for my corrupt desires, my old person with his deeds. I died. And now, once we approach the golden altar and we 
uh, use the blood of Christ and by confessing with our mouth we apply blood upon these four horns of the golden altar we testified that we live for the one that died for us and resurrected and so we first say who we die for when we approach the bronze altar and the gold altar we proclaim we testify who we live for if we die for something or we take ourselves away because of dedication in when it comes to the gold altar we give ourselves and we dedicate ourselves when it when we approach the golden altar bronze altar we sanctify ourselves separate ourselves the gold altar we give ourselves to god to his life to his resurrection and so two altars uh, sanctification dedication and death also needs to be present and so each has its horns and you need to utilize the powers uh, of of each of these the power of bronze opening up the potential of the death of the lord jesus and the potential of resurrection in the horns of the golden altar and therefore confirm our redemption from the sinful life passed on to us from our fathers something we will be looking at closer when we study the purpose of the function of the four horns of the golden altar since the function of these two altars something we need we need to or are called to build ourselves into do not work one without the other building ourselves into the image of the bronze altar with the horns that emerge from it representing representing the fruit of our spirit and the temple of our body identifying the horn of our righteousness gives us the ability to collaborate with the mighty power of god in the meaning of his name horn therefore first the collaboration of our horn with the name of god horn is called to make itself known in the state of our heart cleansed from dead works with the elementary teaching of jesus christ imprinted or carved upon its tablets capable of demonstrating the good goals of god consisting in his perfect will and second the collaboration of our horn with the name of god horn is called to be testimony that building yourself into a bronze altar with the emerging from it horns in the fruit of our spirit contains the ability to judge ourselves in accordance with the demands of the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, revealing the meaning or the significance of this teaching. And so we judge ourselves with it, where we come to the bronze altar, we judge ourselves, and upon the gold uh, altar, we justify ourselves. The symbol of our finger the finger with which the priest uh, applied the blood upon the horns with which we are called we, let's see if we have this uh, finger of the high priest the symbol of our finger uh, with which we are called to cl- uh, apply the blood of the sacrifice upon the horns of the bronze altar it's a symbol of writing upon the tablets of our heart the covenant of life and peace by confessing with our mouth collaborate, collaborating our faith with the faith of God stating what the truth is to us contained in the blood of the covenant which gives us legitimate basis to present within the act of our intercession an offering of incense to god in the mighty power of his name horn building ourselves into a golden altar to apply with your finger is not just to take the word of god and memorize it and confess it it that is included but a person who has memorized a psalm or and can beautifully uh, recite it this does not say that he 
has this finger that applies the blood. Because for God, the finger of the high priest that has the right to apply blood is the confessions of the faith of his heart. And for this, our heart and our conscience needs to be cleansed from dead works. And afterwards, the word of God also uh, needs to be put in there. With it, we then renew our mind. And only after that do we confess it with our gentle or meek mouth. And now we have become familiar with the finger of the high priest. But when we're not familiar with the Lord's order, we may memorize a psalm and we, and we may recite it, we may speak it beautifully. Um, this is not the finger of the high priest. Malachi 1.11 and then also Malachi 2.4 and 4-7. through 7. For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, and every place incense shall be offered to my name, and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord of hosts, my covenant with him, one of life and peace, and I gave them to him that he might fear me. So he feared me and was reverent before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and injustice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and turned many away from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should keep knowledge, and people should seek the law from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. This is a, mes- this is a messenger of the Lord of hosts. He has this finger. Here it specifically uh, describes a person who is able to apply with his finger and if he's able to apply with his finger that means he can work and collaborate with the might and strength of the Most High. Five of the components of the purpose of sacrificing blood applied upon the horns of the bronze altar have already been points we have studied and today we will turn to the sixth We will shortly remember the five first. First, the blood of the sacrifice applied with our finger upon the horns of the bronze altar, which is the confessions of our mouth as kings, priests, and prophets. We, again, applying with our finger upon the horns of the bronze altar when dedicating ourselves as priests to God was called to serve as a covenant of peace between us and God. And so here, the horn reveals itself that God makes a covenant between us and Himself, a covenant of... of of, of life and peace. And so He cleanses our conscience from dead works and when he cleanses our conscience, our heart and he uh, uh, uses his blood, the blood that is applied upon his horns the first power uh, up from the bronze altar is when we make a covenant with God we cleanse our heart from dead works in this case and this is actually a painful process as we've heard, we hear the word that corrects us Sometimes pastor may not say it to us personally directly, but when we hear the word, it corrects our way. And if it's not, 
uh, and if a pastor does say from the stage and it's still not working in certain situations, um, pastor sometimes does need to uh, speak to a person or an ind individual one-on-one uh, -on -one and correct them. And peace begins when we cleanse ourselves from all that is sin. Second, the blood of the sacrifice applied with our finger upon the horns of the bronze altar is called to take part in the collaboration of the carrying of our cross with the cross of Christ or the truth of the cross of Christ. Here, Pastor showed the difference between the carrying of our cross and the cross that Jesus himself carried. He said, you take your cross and follow me. Sometimes people want to take his cross and take uh, and take on the role of Christ. He didn't say to do this. He said, take your cross and don't play my role. I fulfilled my role. You need to fulfill yours. How? How do I carry my cross? You ask the, a person may ask the question. And so the uh, cross of Christ uh, and so, carrying our cross, we are formed into the image of Christ. Third, the blood of the sacrifice applied with our finger upon the horns of the bronze altar when dedicating ourselves as priests to God was called to supply us with abundant entrance into the holy place to the horns of the golden altar of incense serving as evidence of our dedication of ourselves as priests to God. And so, bronze altar uh, was to give us access to the golden altar <clears throat> so that we can come right before the Holy of Holies and pastor had brought forth this allegory and the historic event when Christ died the the veil in the temple was torn in half torn in two and the priest said my god friends tomorrow church is canceled in the temple they because uh, access uh, <clears throat> into the holy of holies has uh, been made and when Jesus said, "In into your hands, I commit my spirit, and the earthquake happened, and the veil was torn in two, and they were in shock. The Holy of Holies became accessible to men, and the temple in the uh, service in the temple ended. This was the service of condemnation, and the service of condemnation is when between there's a bronze between the bronze altar and golden altar, there's a veil. But when the veil is torn in two, It is necessary for us to be corrected according to Scripture, and then we can be justified. The service of justification is not when I, I justify myself uh, according to the Word, but we. But when I correct myself according to the Word and after correction, then I am justified. In the service of condemnation, that wasn't uh, the case. And so God ended this service of, of the priests in the in the temple in the next morning that temple was shut and closed to the public and so the temple that had the service of again of condemnation the service ended at that time fourth the blood of the sacrifice applied with our finger upon the horns of the bronze altar when dedicating ourselves as priests to God is a price paid to be led by the Holy Spirit so that your body can be adopted by the redemption of Christ. 
And here, being led by the Holy Spirit, Pastor was explaining how Enoch uh, was led by the Holy Spirit, who was not being led by the Holy Spirit. It, it says Enoch walked before God, and he was not. Why? Because the Lord took him. Because before he was taken, he received testimony that he pleased God. And how was that? Enoch uh, lived 65 years, bore Methuselah, one who drives away death, and after the one he bore, who is the one who drives away uh, death, he walked 300 years, and when he was 365 years, he was taken to the Lord. And here Pastor said that the true leadership of the Holy Spirit, or being led by the Holy Spirit, to bear this Methuselah, drive away death. How is this possible? When we can use the power of the name of God horn, which will allow us, in collaboration with our prayers, to uh, utilize the might and strength uh, of His name against the enemies in our body and enemies also within the territory we are responsible for. Fifth, the blood of the sacrifice applied with our finger upon the horns of the bronze altar when dedicating ourselves as priests to God consists in presenting our bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable to God for our reasonable service, which is our mind, which is renewed by the spirit of our mind. Therefore, the collaboration of our renewed mind with our meek or gentle mouth, confessing the truth concealed within our heart, which presents within the temple of our body the will of God, the will that is good, acceptable, and perfect, would give God the legitimate grounds to demonstrate the power of His name horn in our body. As His beloved one did in the book of Songs of Solomon, she turned to her beloved one and said, Where are your flocks? Where do you rest at noon? She was asking. She didn't have her own friends in this place, if you read it attentively. She, just like if you remember the the story of the lost son, the older son said, you never allowed me to celebrate even with my friends. She wanted to be friends and be in friendship with people who were friends of her beloved, Jesus Christ. And this is very important. And she was on the in the on the right path. If you don't know this, he told her, walk in the footsteps of the of the uh, shepherds and uh, feed your flocks at, uh, or your your little goats at the tents of the shepherds or near the tents of the shepherds. And so it's necessary to find such a church. There are a lot of churches today. And he said, beloved one, tell. Uh, uh, let me know where a church is where the true sheep are being gathered and not those that live as Satan but speak in tongues uh, or as some only have rams that gather together they know the word of God all of them but they don't agree with one another and they just butt heads constantly is there a church that actually has sheep and also yes there is but and but they have a shepherd and people don't like the shepherd and, they t- and it turns out when a person finds such a church, uh, he finds, finds out there's a constitution, which is the narrow gate. And the teaching is that you become or, or possess the characteristics of this narrow gate. And so the sixth, which we will study today, the blood of the sacrifice applied with our finger upon the horns of the bronze altar when dedicating ourselves as priests to God, was called to take part in our cleansing from leprosy of our body, our clothing, and our houses. 
And so the blood that we are to utilize, it is to deliver us, cleanse us from leprosy. That is on our body, on our clothing, and in our houses. This is what uh, may uh, plague uh, certain areas of us spiritually. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When you have come into the land of Canaan, which I give you as a possession, and I put the leprous plague in a house in the land of your possession, and he who owns the house comes and tells the priest, saying, It it seems to me that there is some plague in the house. Then the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest goes into it to examine the plague, that all that is in it in the house may not be made unclean and afterward the priest shall go in to examine the house and he shall examine the plague and indeed if the plague is on the wall of the house with ingrained streaks greenish or reddish which appears to be deep in the wall then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house seven days and the priest shall come again on the seventh day and look and indeed if the plague has spread on the walls of the house then the priest shall command that they take away the stones on which is the plague and they shall cast them into an unclean place outside the city and he shall cause the house to be scraped inside all around and the dust that they scrape off they shall pour out in an unclean place outside the city then they shall take other stones and put them in the place of these stones and he shall take other mortar and plaster the house now if the plague comes back and breaks out in the house after he has taken away the stones after he has scraped the house and after he it is plastered then the priest shall come and look and indeed if the plague has spread in the house it is an active leprosy in the house it is unclean And he shall break down the house, its stones, its timber, and all the plaster of the house, and he shall carry them outside the city to an unclean place. Moreover, if he goes into the house at all while it is shut up, shall be unclean until evening. And he who lies down in the house shall wash his clothes, and he who eats in the house shall wash his clothes. But if the priest comes to the house, at all while it is shut up, he shall be unclean until evening he sh- and he who lies down in the house shall wash his clothes but if the priest comes in and examines it and indeed the plague has not spread in the house after the house was plastered then the priest shall pronounce the house clean because the plague is healed and he shall take to uh, shall take to cleanse the house two birds cedar wood scarlet and hyssop then he shall kill one of the birds in an earthen vessel over running water and he shall take the cedar wood the hyssop the scarlet and the living bird and dip them in the blood of the stained bird and in the running water and sprinkle the house seven times and he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and the running water and the living bird with the cedar wood, the hyssop and the scarlet. Then he shall let the living bird loose outside the city in the open field and make atonement for the house and it shall be clean. This is the law for any leprous sore and scale, for the leprosy of a garment and of a house, for a swelling and a scab and a bright spot to teach when it is unclean and when it is clean. This is the law of leprosy. Leviticus 14, 33 through 57. 
We note that although this law was given by God about cleansing oneself from leprosy within the period of the Old Testament, there was no situation where someone needed to be cleansed from leprosy that he was plagued with, with the exception of Miriam, the sister of Moses, and Aaron, who cleansed from the who was cleansed from the leprosy because of the intercession of Moses and Naaman the Syrian as it is written but I tell you truly many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up three years and six months and there was a great famine throughout all the land but to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian so all those in the synagogue when they heard these things were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built that they might throw him down over the cliff then passing through the midst of them he went his way Luke 4 25 through 30 Leprosy itself, is in the midst of the chosen by God nation, is first an ulcer on the body of a person, and only after leprosy upon his clothing and his house, which in scripture is vengeance for sin, the sin of the arrogance of the human mind that resists God and has the audacity to enter into the holy place to burn incense to God, not having the authority or virtue of a priest to do so. Second Chronicles 26, 11 through 21. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. So Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him were eighty priests of the Lord, valiant men. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You shall have no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah became furious, and he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord, beside the incense altar, and Azariah the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and there on his forehead he was leprous. So they thrust him out of all that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get out, because the Lord had struck him. King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. He dwelt in an isolated house, because he was a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. Second Chronicles 2616 16-21 an unfortunate illustration of a person who was strong but was not able to collaborate with the might with the power of the name of God Horn because he was a king but he was not a priest and he was not a prophet he was a king and he thought it was enough for him to go and burn incense before the Lord as a priest and he was struck every time when we dare to fulfill the function belonging to the authority that is placed over us, we open ourselves to a leprosy of sin in our life. In the Church of Saints, this belongs to the helpers of the Apostles. This includes his direct helpers and leaders and all those that the Apostle uh, relies upon that help in the service. The first candidates, the first candidates uh, uh, of the spiritual leprosy. In a marital union, this belongs to wives 
when they do to their controlling spirit, which is in the likeness of any carnal person, instead of fulfilling the role of the administrator or operator within the house, they de- uh, take on themselves the role of the husband, which promotes mutual suffering, as well as husbands when they do to their controlling spirit, which is in the likeness of any carnal person, instead of taking on the responsibility or the responsible role within the house, taking the fault or guilt of the household upon themselves, they dare fulfill the role of the wife, which promotes mutual suffering. Regarding people that will end up leprous in Israel, God gave the command that their clothing be torn up, their head not be covered, and he needs to cover the area of his mouth and cry out, unclean, unclean, and he needs to live alone and live outside of the camp. This is written in Leviticus 13, 45-46. Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, Unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean all the days that has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Leviticus 13, 45, 46. Clothing that is torn up, symbolizing the righteousness that man lost. Again, clothing that is torn up symbolizes the righteousness that man lost. A head that is uncovered symbolizes a lost image, him not acknowledging the delegated authority of God over himself. Lost righteousness and the uncovered head is not acknowledging God's delegated authority over himself covering the area of his mouth with the material from his clothes that had been torn up, his mouth, which the leprous one needed to use to shout out or cry out, unclean, unclean, represent an undisciplined mouth of a man or the lost image of a meek or gentle tongue. And so he needs to cry out, unclean, unclean. Why? Because a person has covered himself with these torn up clothing and he cries out to God, I am unclean, I am unclean. To live alone outside of the camp of the nation is a symbol of a person who is excommunicated from the church or excommunicated from the body of Christ, although formally he is still a member of the church. A person is excommunicated when he is in this image of a leprous person. He excommunicates himself alone from God when he loses righteousness, when he does not acknowledge God's order within the within the body, and he prays not with words that are the possession of his heart. This person has excommunicated himself. The symbols of the Old Testament, which are the shadow of future blessings within the body of Christ, or in Jesus Christ, which in essence is the same thing, our body, our clothing, and our house, are presented individually within the body of Christ however or within Jesus Christ these three which are plagued with the leprosy of sin are presented together as one whole identifying uh, three separate functions therefore in the New Testament leprosy which has plagued one of the three areas immediately spreads to all three areas Therefore, we need to identify the essence of these three areas within our own essence, which makes them make themselves known in the New Testament of those that are plagued. Uh, 
And so we need to identify again these three within our body. We will be studying leprosy able to plague the body of the Israelites in the essence of the function of justification given to us by the grace of God in Jesus Christ, which is which independence of us reasons is able to end up as a plague of the leprosy of sin. And so our body, our skin, it can be struck with leprosy of sin. In Eden, Adam was plagued. And the Lord stopped that plague. He said, who told you that you're naked? And he said, what happened with my body, with my skin? He said, who told you you were naked? He said, I'm leprous. What did he do? He took the skins of a an animal and that would be offered and he clothed him so he could be born from God and be able to produce fruit to God. Because of the justification he lost. We will be studying leprosy able to plague the garments of the Israelites as the function of the fruit of righteousness within our essence, grown by us from the seed of justification, which, independence of us reasons, is also able to end up as a plague of the leprosy of sin. And so, our body, our skin, which is justification, the next is the garments, which is fruits of righteousness. We, per, uh, we do works, good works, why, but we become arrogant. And why do we become arrogant? Because there's leprosy upon our garments. If we receive justification freely by grace, then our garments are righteousness into which we need to clothe ourselves. But it can be plagued with leprosy. We will be studying leprosy able to plague the houses of the Israelites. Again, where the, our skin, our body, and then now the garments, and now the houses of the Israelites. Studying this leprosy able to plague the houses of Israelites as are partaking to the body of Christ within our essence, which independence of us reasons is able to also end up as a plague of the leprosy of sin. Our house can be uh, plagued with leprosy. However, before we begin to study the function of leprosy in these three areas, our body, our garments, our house, I will bring forth some of her literal meanings and identifications. Leprosy itself is a heavy what do the medics say about it it is a heavy chronic contagious illness mainly appearing as skin ulcers and other tissues and organs lepromus le, uh, leprosy hansen's disease Erythma leprosum or Phoenician disease, all are the same, all different names, is an illness which is accompanied by infection upon the mucous membranes of the skin and inner organs. Leprosy comes about directly because of leprous myco mycobacterium, which can plague the upper respiratory tract as well as the nervous system. Leprosy has a specific incubation period. And so, in spirit, you can understand this. This is a leprosy that you receive and you begin to develop within yourself slowly, a spiritual form of leprosy. So leprosy has a, speci has a specific 
Regular leprosy has a specific incubation period, which spans from a few months to years, typically five to six years. It is unnoticeable for the eyes. <clears throat> sometimes uh, this infection, this uh, uh, sometimes sleeps in the incubate, incubating period. Sometimes the latent period can include weakness, chills, sleepiness, and ailment. The reason for the coming about of leprosy can be due to dirty water, insanitary conditions of living, or the bad state of the uh, immune system, immune deficiency, which is AIDS, or oncological disease. Symbolically, all of these reasons are the result of our undisciplined tongue, as it is written. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will speak like cancer. Second Timothy two sixteen seventeen. Any cancer spreads uh, it, because of these uh, idle babblings. Second Timothy two sixteen seventeen. The illness of leprosy is passed on via skin through air droplets in close contact with one, with the one who is ill and by objects that are uh, in the household or household contact. We can conclude that symbolically fellowship with people who are carriers of mycobacteria, bacterium leprosy in the form of evil company will infect us and will corrupt our good habits. As it is written, do not, 1 Corinthians 15, 34, do not be deceived. Here is where uh, this leprosy begins. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Let's look at the first function of leprosy able to plague. They're received by us justification with the leprosy of sin. Understandably, it is important for us to not only identify leprosy in these three areas, <clears throat> But even more important to specify the condition that when fulfilled will will allow us to heal from the existing leprosy in these three areas. Relevant to this, we ask the question, for what reasons is the received by us justification able to pl be plagued with the leprosy of sin? And what do we need to do to be healed from such a nature of leprosy? Our justification received by us by the gift of the grace of God in Christ Jesus is able to be plagued with the leprosy of sin. And so justification, this is our skin, our body. It can be leopard. <clears throat> we can be receive this leprosy, uh, plagued with this leprosy of sin when we refuse the given to us justification by faith in Jesus Christ and attempt rather with deeds or personal good work done by us in our service to God to again obtain justification. And so the first thing that Adam did, he put on fig leaves to justify himself and uh, blame the wife. The wife blames the serpent. Um, that means justification was lost. First, to be healed from such a nature of leprosy, it is necessary for us to reject the concept of good works coming from the thoughts of our carnal mind. Doing so will allow us to restore the given to us justification in the redeeming sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so healing from this leprosy. So we have justification. Uh, we need to change the concept, our teaching. Being justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. How 
do you now think with fasting and prayer and good works, now you're trying to earn this uh, justification, this deception people receive. And so, all healing from the this leprosy starts with our mind. The concept, the false concept was accepted and needs to be rejected. And because of this false concept, they have developed in this incubation <clears throat> period, they've developed this this leprosy. And second, it is necessary to break all ties or relationship with people who continue with their own personal righteousness, rejecting the righteousness given to them by God freely by faith in Jesus Christ. As it is written, you have become estranged, estranged from Christ, who you who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Galatians 5, 4, 5. They have the wrong concept of righteousness when you are with this evil company uh, you will change your mind and will begin earning your salvation rather than doing it correctly the next question for what reason is the fruit of our righteousness because fruit of righteousness in this case is our garments for what reason is the fruit of righteousness which we have grown from the seed of justification able to be also plagued with the leprosy of sin and in what way do we need to utilize the truth consisting in the blood of the cross of Christ to be healed from this kind of leprosy we need to know that the fruit of righteousness grown by us from the received by a seed of justification is able to end up leprous with sin when we are filled with judgment due the wicked this is what makes our righteousness, our garments leprous. Job 36, 16, 17. Indeed, he would have brought you out of dire distress into a broad place where there is no restraint and what is set on your table would be full of richness, but you are filled with judgment due the wicked. And the Lord notes that judgment and justice take hold of you because he knows that when you're filled with judgment due the wicked, uh, people will say, well, I'm stating facts. Judgment and justice take hold of you. They're similar. but And to be healed from such a nature of leprosy, it is necessary for us to first judge only those things which are within the boundaries of our responsibility. And second, execute written judgment of those things that are under our responsibility consisting in the words of God, coming from the mouth of God, which are imprinted upon the pages of the Holy Scriptures, as well as within our own heart. Psalm 149, 5-9 Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment this this honor have all his saints praise to the Lord. Psalm 149, 5-9. And so, how does this heal, healing take place? The Lord wants that the honor, this honor have all his saints. He needs to execute this written judgment. And so, after listening to the sermons, you need to understand and learn how to execute judgment properly, correctly. You need to judge, first of all, we need to judge only those things that are within the parameters of my responsibility, and I need to judge according to the word and not how I deem fit. 
And if this is absent, then uh, our garments are plagued uh, with this leprosy. And a person loses salvation. Next question, the house. Our house is able to be uh, plagued with leprosy. Next question, for what reasons can our partaking to the body of Christ, our house, become plagued by the leprosy of sin? And what do we need to do from our side to be healed from this nature of leprosy? We need to keep in mind that a person having a similar form of leprosy is born from the seed of the word of truth and fully understands that his partaking to the body of Christ is plagued by the leprosy of sin. Our partaking to the body of Christ, called to be our home, can end up plagued with a leprous sin if we, after finding the good wife, will not possess the ability to correspond to the demands of her virtue for the reason that due to the genetic inheritance passed on to us by the sinful seed of our fathers in the flesh, we are sold under slavery of sin. And so furthermore, until we condemn our carnal state in the form of spiritual infancy, where we continuously are stumbling, being attracted by various winds of doctrine, these various winds of doctrine are teachings coming from false apostles and false prophets, <clears throat> whom we have elected by the method of abom- abominable democratic majority, by the cunning craftiness of deception, and until we condemn this, our partaking or membership to the body of Christ will not be cleansed from this leprosy. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not, I do what I will not to do. I agree with the law that is, that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to To will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do I do not do, but the evil I will not to do that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Romans 7, 14 through 25. This is very important. Here, Apostle Paul shows how we can overcome our old man, our carnal man. We, With our mind, we need to serve the law of God. We need to take and write this truth in our mind. And the fact that my acts are not in accordance to my thoughts, I then write these this truth in my mind, and this will allow me to clothe myself into the power of this truth. What specifically do we need to do from our side to be healed and cleansed from this form of leprosy? 
The answer is simple, to be healed and cleansed from this nature of leprosy, consisting in a leprosy that has plagued our partaking or our membership to the good wife, it is necessary to pay the price for the ability to be in accordance to the demands of the good or virtuous wife. And we can read Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, all of the abilities that the virtuous wife has, the chosen by God remnant. And in this uh, proverb, here it's talking about the relationship of Christ who searching has found this bride paying the price of his blood shed upon the cross our, our relationship with Christ in the form of our groom is called to be formed by our legitimate relationship with the good wife who possesses the status of his wife to whom that is to the apostles he passed on the mandate of his authority to forgive sins or to re retain sins our membership or partaking to the body of Christ is able to be cleansed from the leprosy by our legitimate relationship by our our legitimate relationship with the person whom God has sent to represent his fathership in our churches John 20 21 through 23 so Jesus said to them again peace to you as the father has sent me I also send you and when he has said this he breathed on them and said to them receive the Holy Spirit if you forgive the sins of any they are forgiven them if you retain the sins of any they are retained how does play how does does our house get plagued with this leprosy He says that in the church he's placed his people, his messengers, and by confessing uh, we are able to be freed or cleansed from this from this leprosy. And so the words that where it says, if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. We need to keep in mind that it is referring to that category of saints who have discovered the narrow gate in the form of the virtuous wife, in the form of a specific church of saints and in whom, in this uh, church, in whom the order of the kingdom of heaven works, consisting in the infrastructure of theocracy, together, together with the person whom God has sent to be his lips, and to possess the virtue and quality of a good or virtuous wife, representing the cleansing of, le of leprosy from our partaking to the body of Christ, it is necessary for us to identify the virtue that the good wife possesses, or the virtuous wife possesses. Otherwise, we will not know for what we need to pay price to be able to cleanse our partaking of the body of Christ from leprosy and what requirement this price contains. Therefore, we need to first define the symbolic virtue of a good wife in the order in which they are presented in the given allegory applic applicable to the format of our virtue, considering that we will be studying all of these virtues in the temple of our body the husband of the virtuous wife is our new person who represents the interests of Christ in the temple of our body. Considering that everything that God does in man who was born from the seed of the word of truth, he does it using the reasonable will abilities of our soul called to present the members of our body as slaves of righteousness. A virtuous wife is our soul which we have lost in the death of our Lord Jesus when we died through the law for the law and then obtained our soul in the resurrection of Jesus Christ in a new form 
where it became able not to attempt or to occupy the role of the mind of our new person. Virtue itself, or a good work, is the fruit of our spirit produced by the tree of life in 12 months of the holy year, which we have grown in the Eden of our, of our good heart by the way of collaboration with the truth of the word concealed in our good heart and with the Holy Spirit revealing the significance of the true word concealed in our heart. As it is written, for we are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, if our good work is not the fruit of our spirit, grown by us in the Eden of our heart, they then these are typical works of the flesh, for which wrath will come upon the sons of resistance. Looking at the fact that good works in this given place of Scripture is our purpose which is elevated in rank of our calling, we conclude that good works are 16 components which consist in three primary requirements identifying our first most or primary purpose as well as our as well as our first most calling. And so the three requirements that contain 16 components of the and uh, virtues of this good wife. First, casting off of our old man with his, with his deeds, renewing our mind with the spirit of our mind, and clothing our body into the new person. These very three very important requirements. Looking at 16 virtues, which the virtuous wife has, her worth is far above rubies, the heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will, and so our new person, our, our spirit is confident in our soul. It's interesting, Pastor showed. This husband is our newborn person, and our soul, the virtuous wife, this is our soul, <clears throat> that is already renewed. So And so our soul, this virtuous wife, uh, so he will have no lack of gain since she does him good and not evil all the days of her life that are purposed for her by God. Therefore, <clears throat> the 16 components which the our soul needs to have are virtues. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. This virtuous wife, our soul, she considers a field and buys it. From her prophets, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchant merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her house is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in the time to come. She opens her mouth with, with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches <clears throat> our soul that has passed through death. It watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
confesses the faith of her heart. 16. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. All of these things signify that we have cleansed ourselves from <clears throat> the, the leprosy of sin and applying this blood upon the horns or growing the a horn within us is producing of the fruit of our spirit and they are all of these things are in a miraculous balance with one another and identified the truthful nature of one the other amen let us uh, pray Heavenly Father, in, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this great privilege to be upon this place that your hand has appointed to worship your holy name. And we thank you that today upon this place we can worship in spirit and in truth. Upon this place we can worship uh, because of the truth that is written in our spirit, in our heart. We have renewed our mind and we confess with our mouth, our gentle mouth, our meek mouth. We thank you for this great privilege to belong to the virtuous wife and we thank you that today this truth is penetrated deeply into our essence and that our spirit is born and it is inherent to you and our soul which today is reobtained in salvation and you allow us to achieve the salvation for our body you continue to open to us our first most purpose which is the salvation of our soul and the adoption of our body so that we can be your temple and your house where you would be able to find your rest and your peace allow us to be rested in you in your word in your holy spirit in your body and you want us to find rest in uh, every one of us we thank you for our bodies you said that this virtuous wife her children are proud and her husband our soul has a very interesting position when it comes to your truth and in the resurrection of Christ our soul can clothe our body we thank you that we are this virtuous wife that we are in this narrow gate we've passed through it and this virtue of the narrow gate has become our uh, essence the essence of our heart we thank you Lord for your godly order we thank you for the person who is your who is your lips he the words that we can abide in make the possession of our heart confess with our mouth be clothed into the power of the resurrection of Christ we thank you for him and we pray Lord for him that your godly hands so that your mercy may this power and might uh, be shown through your hand we believe in it our Lord lives and he is great in his might and his strength and may he make something great and may he give the sign upon the bodies he showed the sign upon the bodies of his people and your anointed one we thank you and we pray that you show this great sign in these last times upon the body of your anointed one and us every one of us individually who know and believe in their true calling 
show this great sign, which is the enthroning of the stronghold of life in our body, so that you can shame your enemies who are our enemies as well. And we pray and we wait for that hour when you will be able to uh, state death, where is your sting? And hell, where is your victory? May death be destroyed. May it have no sting. We pray, Lord, that you today, by using the confessions of our mouth, would swallow up death with victory. And we today, Lord, thank you that death has been swallowed up with the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we stand in this victory. We we confirm this victory for our body and for the bodies of those saints who are in need of your touch today. We pray for the word that we had the right to read today and understand and comprehend. We pray that you continue to fill with your revelation, your anointed one, our pastor and our apostle, Brother Akadi, so that he can pass on to us your words and give us your words in the power of the Holy Spirit so that this word would become the uh, possession of all of our essence. We thank you for this great purpose, for your great power, for your might and your strength. May it be shown within our spirit. Allow us to collaborate with and be worthy of all of your names that have become the possession of our spirit today. We pray and may your holy name be blessed, our great God, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us finish with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.